Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday night. Welcome to another KBN Live. Somebody said, what's up from China Vegas? China Vegas. I, don't know I know, I saw that. I don't know... Uh... I don't know where China Vegas is, to be honest nah. with you. What's going on, Ryan? Oh, just hanging out, you know, in the in the old uh, closet here, Yak Addicts inventory room. Yak Addicts Mobile HQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff, man. Did you have a good good weekend? Yeah, I don't think I did anything. Me and Kenzo ran around, watched some football, uh, upset Alert City. It seemed like all over the place. It's pretty pretty good time. Yeah, my Buckeye squeaked into the uh, playoff, my man. They're gonna. I would Probably rather the Buckeye nice, squeak in than Bama squeak in. So yeah. there you go. You're winning. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a fun time, man. Uh, there was a little fishing over the weekend. The Bass there Master, was. Uh, it was. Tennessee Bass Nation kicked off, right? Douglas Lake. Is that right? No, Dale it was Dale Hollow. Dale oh Hollow. my gosh, yeah. That uh, that one's always real tricky. It seems like about four or five people catch them, and no one else does. And I think sixteen people had limits out of a ninety-six or ninety-seven angler field. So pretty standard yeah and our and our boy uh, tournament director extraordinaire aj mcquarters slid into a top 10 after coming out of retirement so good for aj over there i knew he could still fish i mean you know he didn't forget everything i don't think everybody thinks about him as as the bostd and rightfully so but my man when he wants to can catch him the ogs know that he was he was a hammer back in the day he was always up on the kentucky lake uh juice all the time yeah Yep. Whenever he, wherever he went, I remember from the original TOC days, he'd be up there in that top 10 all the time. So well done, Mr. AJ. I don't know if we're going to see more of him, if that's a, a sign of things to come, or he was just knocking the rust off. I don't know what he was doing. You never can tell with AJ. He's, he's squirrely. That's right. He's a sly, sly fella. Uh, but yeah, if you guys seen, saw the announcement for tonight, we've got Cole Sands, Elite Series Angler for 2023 on. Brand uh, new, brand yeah, new Elite brand Series. New. First time. That's right, and a Tennessee River uh, wizard extraordinaire. So make some that tips is. for him, from him. For we got how many how many tournaments are going to be on? We got Yonersville for sure, Chick for sure, Pickwick's not on a, on the list this year, but quite a few tournaments up and down the Tennessee River. Yeah, well, we'll at least we'll have two or three two or three good ones plus the Bass Nation stuff too. Uh, yeah. We'll be running up and down the Tennessee River. So you guys get your questions ready for him, uh, and of course, uh, Black Friday just came and went. Everybody probably rigged up their boats with new electronics and new baits and everything else. And he's been on a tear with with big swim baits and A-rigs and probably can give us some tips on some of that, too. Uh, we may pick his brain on that. And I don't know. He, is he a scoper, Ryan? Uh, we will find out. Yeah, he I think I think he I think he plays with a scope a little bit. He uh, I like him because he he cold is not afraid to bust out the fairy wand. He will get out there with some spinning gear and and bust their heads in pretty good in the summertime. Hey. So 
I like good. it. Whatever Diverse. It so we're going to talk to him about, you know, what it took to, to make the elite series. Number one, a little bit about that, a little bit about some of his favorite ways to fish. Just a, just a good night talking to a, to a true pro. So it's going to be fun. True pro. True pro. Uh, we always like to shout out our sponsors, Dugout Bane Tackle. We talked last week about the big Black Friday week they had. Uh, is that still momentum still carrying through, Ryan? You talk to yeah, you? man. They've been busy. Uh, Jamie and Carter went down and did some exotic fishing. So I think they wanted to get their mind off of it a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, then Pro Guide Lithium, new on board. Hope you guys took advantage of that Black Friday sale and powered up your new, your new electronics, new gear, new boat, whatever you got for Black Friday. Uh, and Western Sun Valkia. We always appreciate Western Sun fueling us up as we get ready for the weekend, the tournament season, or whatever it may be. Well, we appreciate Western Sun, man. I may need it after the Georgia-Ohio State game, right? I don't know. I would just go ahead and down that before. Uh, I wouldn't even, wouldn't even mess with that. Yeah. I'm in full basketball mode, but I'm going to hang on for one more roll at the football. So we'll see. Uh, we got in this – I don't know if, if we did a graphic for this. We may not have. Uh <laughs> Uh, we got a, a giveaway, a giveaway from Dugout Bait and Tackle. Uh, like and share tonight. Um, some umbrella rigs. So uh, one umbrella rig from each brand, Hog Farmer, Picasso, and Diamond Baits, one of Cole's sponsors. Oh, well, I need to get those graphics up. We'll get them up before the show's out, and I'll, I'll throw them on there. Um, oh, where did he send those? You to- remember that. We were talking about Jackson's because they're giving away oh. – with the purchase of a Jackson Cusa X, they're giving away a bending branches paddle. So anybody that needs a new paddle, if you get the paddle, you get a Jackson Cusa X with it. So go down there, pay for the Cusa X. They'll throw in, <laughs> throw in a paddle with it. You'll be fine. Yeah, man, I'm tripping. How can I slip on all that, Ryan? What's wrong with me? It's okay. I didn't check in on it. It's my fault. I know, like you know, you got a lot going on. You're getting older by the minute. I am a grandfather. Appreciate you, right? uh, I appreciate you recognizing that. But never fear. Look at there. There's the graphic. I got there it. it. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Grandfather. Free bedding branches paddle with purchase. That, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. And you can look at it either way. You can pay, you know, whatever, 16, 1700 bucks for the boat and get a free paddle or vice versa. There you go. And then Picasso, Harkfront. What are we doing for the giveaway? How are we going to do it, Ryan? Uh, we'll do our random we'll do our random draw yeah like and share like and share or the random name generator are we doing one from each of those people no they get all three they get all three wow i think so i don't know man what do you want to do it's our show i I, I think we're gonna i think we should do do double we'll do a like and share but then you're also gonna have to comment and we'll do a comment (laughs) deal all right all three all three yeah like and share comment we'll we'll give you the magic word towards the second half of the show and I'll, i'll do that random name generator deal where we pull somebody out of the, Perfect. Out of the deal. That's Perfect. fun. That's fun. Uh, awesome. There we go. Good stuff from dugout and all, and those bait companies we talked about the triple dip of a rigs. Is there anything? Oh, congrats on, um, on team USA in the, the Pan Am Pan Am series match down there against Mexico. They won gold. And I guess by default, Mexico won silver. So, Good job. Way to fend them off. There we go. I'm not going to say anything about any of it. I like it. Those are my friends that were down there. Some I know. I'm congratulating them. I'm very glad they hopefully made it back out of Mexico. Yeah. Alive. I did see that G caught like a almost 25 incher in the tournament, which was pretty dang impressive. That's I don't. I'm not even shocked by that at all. 
<laughs> I feel like yeah. if anybody was going to do it, it'd be that guy. What do you think about that whole USA kayak fishing thing, man? I don't know what to make of it. It's kind of it comes out of nowhere, and then they've had a couple championships here in the last few months, and it's like, are they? Uh, where's well, that coming from? Well, you remember the first one was like just completely out of thin air, you know, thin air, invitational, no qualification deal. Threw it together in Cookville, had a parade with people riding in the beds of trucks with tens of people on the side of a street. I I I don't think that the concept is bad. I do think the execution could be so much better. Like you're trying to make it this this Olympic sport. And to me, there's no there's no showmanship. There's no hype. There's no I mean, you saw the 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 pictures and content and stuff that was put out. Like they can do better. Like step it up. If you're gonna do it, do it right. That's my opinion for what it's yeah, worth. Maybe maybe we'll have uh, a couple of angles, maybe you know, have K Fish or G or Scotch, somebody whoever somebody that was down there and kind of give us their thoughts on the whole thing because jamie I mean, broad went. jamie broad jamie, down there jamie with the eric jackson shirt on i saw that yeah we could have one of them on and have them kind of break down what they thought of it and where they think it needs to go because i don't know anything about it it just kind of yep. showed up on my timeline and there it was and you know guillermo's winning tournaments that's all i know he's, yep. he's winning one same time. old same old um so good stuff down there man pain am games uh other than that man we're kind of winding down the new year i've got the the data for the power rankings coming together we'll be having that come out in a few weeks so I know everybody's on pins and needles waiting to argue about that. Um, but with that said, what do you say? What you want to get uh, Colin here? Let's talk do a little, yeah. talk a little pro fit, actual like pro to. fishing. Yeah. Let's hear from somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. There we go. Enough of these amateurs, you know? Yeah. Elite series angler. Cole Sands. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Doing well, man. Has, has it sank in? How has your life changed since you got this title? <laughs> it's just been busy. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm still doing my, my guide service that I do on Lake Chickamauga. So I'm, I'm busy doing that, you know, usually three to five, six days a week, just depending on the week. And then uh, I've been, been working like crazy, trying to get some sponsorship money round up, you know, rounded up for next year. And um, I don't think it'll really sink in until I'm probably driving to the first tournament. I yeah. think that's when it's really going to hit me. But, you know, as far as the emotions of making it and all of that, that hit me at the very last open when I weighed in and, and when I knew I made it, that's, that's when, that part hit me but as far as the you know that i'm an elite series pro part i think that'll really hit me when i'm driving to the first tournament do you have to wear like a sport coat with your name embroidered in it or anything <laughs> i mean we gotta wear our jerseys uh, I, don't, I don't know about the sport coat close enough whatever <laughs> we'll work on it so for for the people that don't know who you are and kind of how you got to where you're at Kind of give us a brief rundown. Like you're from the Cleveland area, not not too far outside of Chickamauga. But what? Tell us about how you got started in competitive fishing, and then kind of the stepping stones that you've taken to get to the Elite Series. Yeah, so um, I, I'll start actually um, pretty much at the beginning. So I'm originally from Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, so I grew up. Uh, my dad had me in the outdoors when I was super young. So I fell in love with hunting, fishing, anything like that. And then uh, when we moved to Tennessee, I was 10 years old and I hated it to start with. We moved in a subdivision. Uh, I couldn't go outside and shoot stuff. I couldn't, didn't really know anything about bass fishing yet, but I got involved with a junior bass club and uh, just absolutely fell in love with the sport. Uh, started reading every magazine article, watching, you know, every episode of anything I could find, just trying to get better. And then um, in high school, I was lucky enough to get a small aluminum boat and, uh, you know, got a lot of time in the water and there's nothing that replaces that. Um, 
fished throughout high school. I was very fortunate to get a fishing scholarship to go to Bryan College, which is in Dayton, Tennessee. And if, if any of y'all know where that's at, it's seriously like a, a stone's throw from the lake. So I spent every day just about after class, you know, I'd make sure to get my work done first, but uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Chickamauga just trying to get better and um, had a very successful college career. I was very uh, fortunate and blessed to do good in some events and um, ended up winning the national championship uh, in 2020. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. And then just kind of really took every step, you know, it was high school fishing and college fishing. And the next step after that's the opens. And thankfully, through college fishing, you know, I was able to travel around and do a lot of that on the school's dime and um, get a lot of that experience built up. So when I entered the opens, I felt like I was ready, probably a lot more um, ready than some other people, maybe. And uh, last year, I fished just the Southern Opens because I was still finishing up my college degree. And then this year, I fished all nine and uh, made it through the overall division and finished third place in the in the AOI race. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's that's the dream. I feel like that's the natural progression. You know, when people talk about what bass is and you know why that organization kind of cultivates people growing into pros i think that's a, a prime example yeah i mean I, absolutely i took definitely every uh stepping stone that they had to, to get to where i'm at uh what do you think about the move they made this year you kind of came in under the wire i guess did you qualify through the southern division you didn't do the the overall qualify for the elites this year changing uh, to the all nine you know no yeah year. um this year i made it through fishing all nine so for for okay. me um it, it was last year i fished just the southerns and i almost made it but i bombed one of them and if you're fishing just a division you, you can't bomb it so yeah with the change you know there's a lot of people that aren't too happy with it but at the same time it's like if you're going to make that commitment to be in the elite series i, I feel like you almost have to you know to, to really see if you're worthy you need to fish all nine of them because i feel like anybody can go out there and have two or three good tournaments, um, especially if they're their bodies of water you're f familiar with. I agree with that for sure. What so you know, you went into guiding. When did you start your your guide business? How long have you been running that on chick? I started it January of 2021, so um approaching two years. And you're you're pretty busy year round. I mean any I feel like anytime I'm on the lake I always see you <laughs> out there fishing, like whether I'm pre-fishing in a tournament, whatever, you're always, you're always out on the water. Uh, how's it, how successful has that been? I mean, as far as what you expected versus kind of the results that you've gotten from it. Yeah. So man, I have been extremely blessed to, to stay booked up. That's one thing I haven't had to worry about, which, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of really good, uh, clients and, I've um, got to meet some awesome people. So I've been very thankful for that because, uh, you know, that is something that is a concern. You know, if, if you are guiding, you, you need to have the clientele there. So that part of it's been awesome. You know, I've stayed really booked up and just kind of through my exposure through college fishing and now making the elite series, you know, I, I feel like that's really helped. And then um, as far as the guide part of it goes, I, I'd say I love it about 95% of the time. Um, <laughs> You get you get a few clients that are hard to work with. I really haven't had too many like that. Most of my clients have been really awesome. Um, but it's fishing and it's um, you know the pressure you feel when you're in a tournament and you're not catching them. It's every every time times. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. Tournament, I feel like um, you feel about three times as bad when you got somebody out there that's paying, you know, good money to go out there fishing with you. And uh, 
So it's definitely a, it's a lot more stressful than than you would think it might be um, when, when the fish aren't biting. But besides that, you know, if you get a somebody out there that catch the personal best or they have an awesome day on the water, you know, that's the rewarding side of it. How are you going to work? I mean, let's let's look forward to next year. What's your schedule going to look like? Are you still going to try to keep a few weeks open for guiding or, or how are you going to, you know, structure your life there? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm still guiding. It won't be quite as much, um, but this year I fished all nine of the opens, and there's nine elite series events, so it's pretty much the same schedule, honestly. Um, so I'm, I think this past year I ran about 160 guide trips um, in 2022. Next year I probably run more like 100, uh, 90 or 100. It won't be as much, just because I, I do really want to focus on the elite series and just, you know, being a consistent angler and. Um, you know, hopefully making a career out of it because it's so hard to get there that, that once you get there, you definitely uh, don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> That's always a good goal, I feel like. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of questions and comments. I'm going to save them for the second part of the show. Um, describe your, your I guess we'll call it the grind to make it through the lead series because we've talked on this show a bunch of times about kayak fishing, our little niche of the sport here, eventually trying to create a pro segment or pro series within it right now everything's just opens you know we've got some opens from several different organizations but to make that commitment to become a professional what did that take from you from a mindset perspective yeah i mean i i've wanted to to do this uh you know professional bass fishing ever since i really got into it at probably about 11 years old and you know as i progressed and gotten older i've kind of realized that you know i can do this if i really put my mind to it and it's uh Definitely going to have to have some things go my way, but I told myself once I graduated college, I got to give myself two years fishing all nine of them to really, at least two years to, to you know, really not regret uh, not giving it a shot. And uh, so I pretty much focused everything I've done just, you know, solely into to making it. And that's a big reason I started my guide service. It allowed me to have more time in the water, but mainly it allowed me to, to set my own schedule and fish these opens. And it, it's a huge time commitment. And, uh, them guys that fish the opens, man, they're good. I mean, they're they're extremely good. And, um, you know, thankfully, through fishing all nine this year, I had a really bad tournament at Cherokee, the one I was supposed to do good at. But, you know, it's it's about being consistent over the long haul. And um, that's, you know, about halfway through the season, I was sitting probably seventh or eighth place, and I knew I had to really grind the last four tournaments. And I just, you know, you focus on every one and do all your preparation. But, um some things still have to go your way when you're on the water. And it just seemed like, you know, things really went my way in the last uh, four tournaments. It, it seems like the fish don't, they don't know when you're supposed to do good. <laughs> nobody, nobody told them. <laughs> they yeah. only told you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny looking back at the, I fished, I fished nine opens this year and three opens last year. And my two worst finishes are, were the Harris chain, which, that's where we won the national championship there in college. Uh, expecting to do great in that. And then Cherokee this year, which I've won tournaments there in the past. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny. I think you get these preconceived notions about how you're supposed to catch them and what the fish are supposed to be doing. And you get a little bit of a clue, and it's, it just completely steers you in the wrong direction. And, uh, yeah, the fish definitely have a mind of their own. Got a comment stacking up. Look, look go ahead and 
Do it. Get do it. some of these. Uh, Levi Schneider started off. He said, I got to ask him about throwing a lip lipless. He's a magician with one. That's kind of a vague question, but can you throw a few tips out there to the folks watching about uh, lipless crankbaits and, and the versatility that, that they have? Uh, yeah, I can talk about that for probably the next hour, but uh, <laughs> take off. So, yeah, there's a few things. Uh, I'll run through my setup real quick, but um, I almost always go with a 16 pound Yozuri T7 fluorocarbon. Um, I'm a fluorocarbon guy when it comes to lipless. Uh, the rod I use is critical. That's probably one of the biggest things. It's a 7.2 medium heavy Witch Doctor Tackle Sermon Series rod. And what's cool about it, it's it's half glass and half graphite. And the thing with a rattle trap, I pretty much exclusively yo-yo it. So I'm ripping it up, falling it down to the bottom, ripping it up. And, it, you know, it's just looking like a fling crawfish or a fling shad. And um, with that rod, it allows me on Chickamauga and Gunnersville and a lot of these lakes around here, you got a lot of grass. And if you use an exclusively glass rod, you're going to get hung in that grass and you don't have enough strength to rip it out. But, you know, you want that glass to fight the fish. So with that rod, I have the strength of the graphite to rip it out. And then I have the tip of the glass to really fight the fish because you're going to lose fish on a rattle trap. It's just part of it. But you're going to lose a whole lot less. Um, but the biggest thing is, is figuring out the retrieve as long as, you know, you, you need to have the right equipment. But um a lot of times it, uh, like i said i'm yo-yoing it there's some days you need to burn it maybe some of the warmer days in march uh i've caught them dragging it but figuring out that cadence is really the biggest thing when it comes to that rattle trap i like it uh, another question this one's from youtube swim bait on a prairie is his name he said how many tournaments did you rely on forward-facing sonar during the opens this last year um uh, I'm trying to think. We fished nine tournaments. Lake Oneida, I, I definitely caught a few smallmouth using it uh, with a drop shot. Not as many as you'd think. Uh, that was more of a grass lake, and I was just kind of knew where the bear spots were, and I was throwing a pawpaw over them and, and punching, you know, flipping some some uh, thick grass for largemouth. But um, it's hard to say because pan optics is such a useful tool because even when I'm grass fishing, I'm using it to follow grass lines. And – uh, I pretty much always have it on. I might not be exclusively using it to to pick off fish, but I'm using it to, um, you know, target certain pieces of structure. Uh, but Lake Hartwell, um, that was, you know, I'm sure y'all fished it. It's a spotted bass lake. I caught all 10 of my fish. I watched every one of them eat it. I was catching them on a drop shot. You had to make very precise casts, had to hit them on the head. And then at Sam Rayburn, I had a deep spot that I was catching them on a uh, – a drop shot and a a, a big seven plus uh, hardcore crankbait, and I was using it just to line up with them and make make a really good cast. But besides that, um, Ross Barnett, I came in fourth place. I was using my motor as a power pole pretty much. I was so shallow, um, so definitely, pro I'd say probably two or three tournaments. Besides that, I was just you know just fishing off instinct and fishing what looked good. I'm gonna go back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back to the rattle trap. Somebody asked uh, hooks on that rattle trap. Poor Jeff. You need some Western sun, buddy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, hooks, triple grip or round bend? So um, one of my sponsors is Yozuri, and I truly believe that that Yozuri Rattling Vibe is the best trap ever made, and it's because it falls. When it falls, it quivers. And um, usually I'll start with the stock hooks and – whether I switch to triple grip or not depends on how the fish are eating it. If, if it's, if I'm catching a bunch of fish on it, the fish are eating it pretty good. I'll usually go to a triple grip, 
just because when I hook them, I can usually kind of horse them in. Once I hook my triple grip, they usually don't come off. But if I'm having a lot of fish slap at that rattle trap, I, I use just the, you know, the, like the, the normal open, uh, I guess, round bend. I, I don't know what you'd call them even. Um, I use just the standard treble hook because I feel like if they're slapping at it, uh, you're going to hook some. You might, they might be barely hooked, but that might be all you, all you get at them. You're getting the technical, juice tonight. Very, very technical. Yeah, we're getting the juice. Uh, this is just a comment, not a question. Uh, Brian Batka. I'm assuming he meant Cole, not Cal. But Cole is not just a good fisherman. He's a good dude, too. There we go. We agree. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's and why then, we had him on here, Brian. We wouldn't have a bad dude on this show. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and from our buddy Armando over on YouTube, he said, what was the first bait that gave you confidence? What's your confidence first, bait? Yeah, uh, my, my first bait that gave me confidence when I first started out was probably a, a little shaky head with a, a Zoom Ultra Vibe Speedworm on the back. Um, but as I progress now, I mean, my, my number one confidence bait, I mean, it depends on the year, uh, this time of year, I'm going to go with a rattle trap, but, but for the other nine months of the year, you know, besides the winter and spring, I'm going to go with a drop shot. Uh, I throw a drop shot a lot and, um, if I'm struggling, I, I'm taking, taking that spinning rod out. That was going to be my question. If, if the day has gone to hell and you got to get a bite, what, what are you pulling out? It's a drop shot, huh? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a drop shot from from about you know end of March through about October. It's it's going to be a drop shot. Turns out they eat it. Uh, if you if you don't know, uh, go go subscribe to Cole's YouTube channel. He does uh, fishing reports like Chickamauga fishing reports, and you will see the drop shot <laughs> quite a bit through those through those summer months, especially. Uh, and, and turns out they still catch big fish. They don't, they don't care if it's yeah. uh, a tiny little bait or not. A lot of, a lot of biggins over there on Cole's mm -hmm. channel. I did a little, little pre-show research and watched some of those videos. And I was the one, the, uh, with the big eight inch mag draft, I think it was where you caught damn near 40 pounds. That was uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. That, that was, that was a special day in the water. That was yeah. uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. This time of year. So a rattle trap obviously you've talked about what's your what's your next next peg down on the on the favorites list for cold water winter time um i i mean you got to go with an alabama rig you know it's, it's something i'm not allowed to throw in Bassmaster, but just if you're out there having a good time or if you're allowed to throw it in your tournament there's not many winter time baits that are more uh efficient or productive than an alabama rig so that's uh that's, that's one you got to go with because it, it imitates a ball of bait better than anything else does, and it catches suspended fish better than, than any other bait will. And giants, too. I mean, if you oh, – especially yeah. you talk about Chickamauga wintertime fishing, like you can put some big, big, big bags together, uh, especially if you get on, the you know, the right the right point, the right rock pile with a, with an Alabama rig for sure. Somebody actually asked about that. Brian, once again, have you tried, Cole, have you tried the Hog Farmer Mini A rig? Um, I've actually seen it. Uh, one of my sponsors is Diamond Baits, and they make a three and a half inch. It's, it's a pretty similar Alabama rig. Um, I haven't tried the Hog Farmer one yet. I'm sure it's a great one, but that three and a half inch Diamond Baits is, is my go to right now. So I don't, I haven't had to try anything else. And we're giving away a Diamond Bates A-Rig tonight. So if you haven't seen one, somebody's going to get one put in their hand here shortly. 
That's right. If you guys didn't weren't here right when the show started, because a few more people have logged on and we're doing a like and share giveaway, and I'm gonna we're gonna give you a magic word towards the end of the show uh, to pick the winner <laughs> of the uh, of the triple triple stack of uh, a rigs here in a little bit. Uh, let me get back to the comments. There's another question from Facebook. What's more important, fishing multiple different types of water or fishing a body of water, body of water you're comfortable on and learning different techniques? Um, that's actually a really good question. And I, I think it depends on the body of water you're on. Um, if you take a, a lake like Chickamauga, for example, man, there are so many different ways to, to catch them out there and get good. Um, and I think that's why you see it. A lot of good fishermen come from that East Tennessee area, you know, the Andy Morgans, the Wesley Straders, Michael Neils. It's because if you take Lake Chickamauga, you got the grass, you got ledges, you got bed fishing, you got um, the Hawassi River, which has no grass and it's kind of like a, you know, a dirty water river system. You got the current in the tail race, you know, catching smallmouth. Um, so, you, you know, I, I think it, it just depends if your body of water is versatile where you can get good at different things. I think that's really good. But if you're fishing one place where it's, you know, grass year round and that's about it you know maybe venture out to some clear deep spotted bass lakes or um it just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say it depends on where you where you're at great answer uh another question from facebook we've got a lot of questions rolling in we got a pro in the house so i'm gonna ask questions they want the juice uh keaton asked during this time of year what do you do to target big fish and how do you catch them or someone that doesn't have a lot of electronics what kind of info or tips can you give with someone with just some down scan technology. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if, if you don't have panoptics or anything like that, something you'd really do to target big fish. And and, and one thing to know, if, if you're targeting big fish this time of year, you're not exactly targeting a lot of bites. Um, that, that is one thing I'll say. Um, you know, if, if I was going out there and I didn't have, you know, if I just had down scan, which um, that's what I have for a lot of my life, I've only had panoptics for about a year and a half. Uh, just use your eyes. You know, you, you can tell how deep it is with down scan. If, if one of the biggest things I like to fish are, are those transition areas right now where it's the last little bit of deep water in the creeks before it gets shallow. Um, and so you, you're looking at the, the backs of creeks where it's just flat, go to that first steep bank, you know, throw an Alabama rig or a jerk bait down that first steep bank. Um, if it's a warm day, like today was kind of, today wasn't a warm day, but it was a low pressure rainy day. Um, just pick up a rattle trap and cover water. Uh, yeah, that's another good thing to do. But um, just, you know, this time of year, the fish on the colder days, the cold front weeks, they're going to back out a little bit to those transition banks, that three to 10 foot of water, three to 12 foot of water. If it's you get a couple warm days or some low pressure days, they're going to scoot into those flat areas and feed. So um, pay attention to that and then pay attention to the wildlife. Um, a big thing right now is if you're seeing seagulls dive, they're eating bait fish, the bass are eating bait fish the bass are probably going to be somewhere in that area. So pay attention to that. Uh, the blue herons that are on the bank, those are professional fishermen. So uh, definitely pay attention to them. And, uh, but yeah, if, if you don't have a whole lot of electronics, just, you know, read the banks, um, any intersection areas, points going into creeks. That's a great thing to do in the winter time. Uh, one of my favorite patterns. So um, that's what I do. And, and focus in on that, that range he gives you three feet at the beginning of it. So don't think just because it's cold and the water's cold that those fish are not going to still be relating to shallow water. They're still pushing bait up, you know, especially I love fishing like 
rocky banks, chunk rock, bluff walls, right up against the bank. You can a lot of times, you know, get get a pretty good bite or two off that. We got somebody uh, over on the shores of Norfolk. I'm down with that. He's over by Bull Shoals, Ryan. The lake I talk about too much on here for you. I don't. I wish you would have a tournament on Bull Shoals so you would stop talking about it because <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is another Wachita or Dardanelle situation where it is. It's all set up. It's fool's gold. Where <laughs> you like just a... trick us into coming out there and you're like there used to be fish here. Here's years the bottom ago. line. I just don't want to drive that far, Ryan. That's that's the bottom. That's I know, that's exactly the truth right there. That's the bottom. Oh line. man, what outside of Chickamauga? What is Give us your top three, your top three favorite bodies of water. It can be river systems or lakes to fish a tournament on. Um, it's funny you say that. One of the most unbelievable couple days of fishing I had was on Bull Shoals. Um, now this was third week in April, and I think every fish on the lake, uh, when we were there, I think every fish on the lake was on the bank, and we absolutely murdered them on a five-inch line through a swim bait and a six-inch mag draft. And mm. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. The amount of giants we saw, um, besides that, the Harris chain of lakes, it's got a special place in my heart. And then, um, probably I'm Gunnersville's in the mix. And then I, I like Hartwell a lot. Probably, probably gotta go with Hartwell. Uh, just, there's so many fish in that lake and I really need to get down and fish Lanier where, where the spotted bass get really big. I've, I've never fished it, but, uh, I, I like Hartwell a lot. We've got Hartwell coming up on uh, on some schedule uh, this next year, I do believe, for a Bassmaster Kayak Series event. Is the rumor we'll be going to Hartwell in the spring? So hopefully it'll show out. Put on uh, put on a nice little clinic for us. We've got a YouTube comment. This is, he has asked this twice. His profile picture looks like a grown man, but he says he's a fourteen year old kid looking for for a spinning reel. Maybe uh, his dad put it there for safety. Yeah. I'm going to put the benefit of the doubt and say this kid, we got a kid. They are the future of our sport. Um, good way to, to plug sponsors, I guess. Very right professional looking young man. Yeah. <laughs> plug sponsor. If you had to, if you had to hook a kid up with a, with a solid beginner rig from one of your sponsors, Cole, what would you say? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so my sponsor, it's, it's wish Dr. Tackle rods. I mean, I'll be honest. They're, they're more of a high end rod. I mean, you need to compare it to more like a G Loomis. So that might not be the best choice for a, a kid first starting out. If you um, love your kid, his, his dad look if like you a love your kid, you would get him that rod. Yeah, his dad looked like a lawyer on the picture. <laughs> so if you want to get him the, the top end, best rod you can get. That's the rod you want. Um, uh, but besides that, if you're looking for one, probably about a hundred bucks is about what you can get a spinning combo for. Uh, what I use for some of my client setups. Um, one one that I really like, uh, Jordan Lee is the Abu Garcia combo. Um, it's a spinning setup, seven foot. I, I don't even know the model or anything like that. Uh, but it, it's pretty good. Lose makes a pretty good one for around a hundred bucks as well. Uh, I think it's the mock series maybe. Um, so I'll probably go with one of those. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, dugout bait and tackle has some of that stuff. You can go over to dugoutfishing.com and it's fine. Oh, yeah. Look at there. Sponsor plug. Uh, Josh Evans asked you about the traps. He said, do you prefer the Yozuri traps over the old Excalibur XRK fifties? Uh, yeah, 10 to one. Um, now I, I, I love go. that Excalibur. I still got some of the original ones. And, um, one thing about trap fishing is certain days, certain traps work better. And that, that's just the, the truth of it. Um, but if you go side by side in a swimming pool and watch how they fall, uh, I think that Yozuri beats it almost every time. And I mean, 
on the boat when, when I'm with my clients, you know, we're all throwing, usually I have all of us throwing a different color, or, you know, sometimes a different brand and stuff just to see, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning and, uh, I, that, that Yozuri is hard to beat. All right. Let's see. We got some more here. Somebody had an A-Rig question from YouTube. Shane Carnahan. What's the deepest to throw an A-Rig? If the smallmouth are in 30 to 70 feet of water, water temps in the 30s, is that is that too deep? What's the deepest you would throw one? Um, I, I've never thrown one that deep, but I've thrown them in 20 and 25. Um, and just, I mean, the thing with an A-Rig, it just upsides the heads a little bit, and you could get it down there probably no problem. So, um I would absolutely throw it that deep if that's where the fish are, and I mean that's that's and, the right water that's the right water temp too. And keep in mind where the where the fish are holding though they're you know they're looking up they're feeding on bait balls above them too. So just because they're in that deep of water doesn't need to you know be where you're fishing necessarily. Yeah, and you know to you're you're going to the elite series now. You just fish the opens. Why is the A rig still illegal? You know, with live scope and everything that's out there, why don't why don't they just take the chains off and say, "Hey, throw the rig if you want to"? Why why is it still illegal on the elite series or MLF I, or whatever? I, I I honestly don't have any idea. I mean, I, when it first came out, it, it was it was an unfair advantage. Like I'll say that you could go down any random bank and go catch twenty pounds, and it wasn't. I mean, there was nothing like it. Now at this point, yeah, it has its days when it's definitely the best bait, but a lot of days it's not. Um, like right now we're catching really good on a single swim bait, almost even better, um, than an A-rig. Now there's certain places that works great. And, uh, but you know, I don't know. It's kind of like, why can you only throw three hooks in Tennessee instead of five on an Alabama rig? That's yep. the, I think that's a stupid rule. Um, I don't see how it makes a difference, but, uh, um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I think at this point the fish have gotten um, used to it enough that they could bring it back. And I don't think there would be, um, a whole lot of people who raise a whole lot of cane about it, but you know, I don't think after forward facing sonar has came on the scene <laughs> that the a rig is even in the same ballpark. When you talk about, you know, the advantage that it's brought to the sport, like you said, I mean, a rig was good for a period of time, you know, certain conditions and whatnot, but forward facing sonar has made such a huge, you know, impact on, on, money winning tv coverage bait design like it's literally shifted the entire market you know that's i think that's probably a much bigger concern than a, a few swim baits strung together uh, billy billy bowden's worried about you ryan he said he hasn't seen this background before hold up two fingers if you're okay billy i've probably done half our podcast from here pal or more i'm here more than i'm at home Billy just had too many uh, bush lattes. Billy is on fire in the comments. I will yeah. say, if anybody can turn his internet off, uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> He's just down the road here. It could I happen. Any, it could I happen know. at any moment. I know, Jeff. Hint, hint. Could, flaring out at any moment. Throw Joe uh, Kirk's question up there. Where is that? What's next? Yeah. What's What's next, Joe? What's next? What do you want to know? Like technology wise, is that what you're asking? I think it is. What do you think is is the next big evolutionary step in the sport, Cole? Uh, I really don't know. You know, I think panoptics was such a big leap that um, somebody's going to have to do something pretty extraordinary to, to top that. So I don't really know. I, I, mean, I think technology is going to keep getting better and better. And, um, you know, there'll you be think Bluetooth uh, cameras on swim bait heads so you can see which fish you're you're swimming your bait at. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, we might be wearing headsets so we we don't get uh, we Oculus. 
<laughs> you don't have to leave your house. You just catch yeah, up just, in your living room. I don't know. I, I really have no idea. Hey, for real, the new Lawrence, uh live imaging. Have y'all seen the screenshots of that? That's pretty wild. You get uh, simultaneous perspective mode and forward-facing uh, live, which is pretty impressive. In my real job, we just started carrying these holographic glasses that are just like reading glasses that you can see through, but you can plug it into any, you know, source i bet money you could display you know funny you say that i bet you could display your live scope screen on those holographic glasses so you could watch as you're casting and then hit the button and you got your your live scope i'm i'm on that thank all you all I, all I heard just i'm gonna cut is, you in on that one i'm gonna sponsor you uh once, yeah. once this deal goes through <laughs> all i heard there is is ryan lambert is selling tony stark tech that's what ryan lambert is doing i'm trying to yeah. among other things uh, Steve Fields got a question for Cole. He always, every, every, uh, bass boat pro that we've had on here gets the same question. So Steve was the man to ask it tonight. Have you done any kayak fishing or could we see you in the future at an event in your spare time? Um, yeah, uh, growing up, I, I definitely did some pond hopping and some kayaks and, uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, would I ever do it in the future in a trail? Maybe, uh, I want to. I definitely want to say I wouldn't if I had the time to do it, and uh, I definitely like the the thought process behind it, and not having to haul a boat, and um, just just being able to put in your kayak and save save some gas money, and um, and motor out to the same spots you're fishing anyway. (laughs) You win some gas money. Some sneaky areas too. So I mean, I can see myself doing it in the future. Yeah, there you go, Steve. Sign him up. Send him a hobie. Send him a hobie. There we go. Levi Schneider, another one for you. Besides the rattling vibe, what's your next favorite Uzuri bait that you don't leave home without? And he said, what's up with that 3DB crawl? It's weird looking. <laughs> I don't know about that 3DB crawl. I haven't thrown it much. But um, probably the next one, uh, they make a really good topwater bait. Now, Yozuri, it's Yozuri and Hardcore. It's the same company pretty much. So I'll throw Hardcore in there. Um, hardcore makes a pop R that is as good as they get um a lot of people pay a lot of money for some you know some ricos or yellow magic pop bars and um that that hardcore popper i think it retails for like 10 bucks that's the best popper i've ever ever used so i'll definitely have to throw that one in there all right how long have you been uh working with yozuri and hardcore this is my second year uh next year will be my third year gotcha gotcha you liking it? Do you get to do product development, that kind of thing with them yet? Yeah, a, a little bit. You know, I, I think I'll get to do a lot more now that I'm, I'm kind of taking the next step. But, man, it, no, they've been a great company to work with. And if you look at the stuff they come out with in the past two years, it's they're making a lot of big steps. And um, really, all their stuff's pretty good. They make good square bills. Their jerk bait's really good. Uh, their pencil poppers now, their, their topwater series is, is really good. Um so it's you know it's come a long way and then their fishing line that that they came out with a new fluorocarbon last year which was their t7 fluorocarbon and man that stuff's awesome um their old stuff was all right it, it would last maybe a couple months but that new stuff I, I still got some of that line on from like my first tournament in february and you know i'll change it if i need to but it, i i can't break it so and you can usually right tell if it starts keying up 
needs to be changed. But oh yeah, I got about I got some two year, two and a half year old line on my reels right now. Yeah, I usually that's, handle that's that good. myself. I'll I'll backlash a few times, and that lets me know that I only have a cast left on my on my reel. Right. That's awesome. Another YouTube question. It is a Q and A kind of night around here, Ryan. Uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be. He's yeah. he knows too much. He knows too many things. Fifty five dag on YouTube. He said, "What swim bait trailer do you use on your A rigs? Size, color, etc." Um, uh, it depends on the time of year. Uh, which is kind of um, in if I start throwing, I usually start throwing an A rig in September. Um, so September through about now, I'm usually throwing smaller swim baits. I really like the Fishco. Um, it's their OG swimmer, the three inch, then they make a, a slim swimmer, which is a three and a quarter inch, um, just natural colors, Tennessee shad, blue gizzard. Both of those are really good colors. And, um, then as the, the winter progresses, it seems like the fish kind of get on bigger bait. They get more of some gizzard shad and stuff. So I'll either upsize to more of their, their three and a half inch stuff or 3.8 inch stuff, or I'll even go to like a four and a half, five inch true bass. Um, put like a, a real big swim bait on there. And um, usually I do that more like January, February, March. And a lot of it depends on what part of the lake I'm fishing as well. If I'm fishing the, the lower half of Lake Chickamauga, they've been on little bait the past few years really bad. If I'm fishing from like Saudi Creek North, it seems like they'll you can get away with that little bit bigger profile. How do you feel about glide baits, big, big hard baits? Um, I, I love throwing one, you know, I don't get a throw a ton because with clients, I'm usually just trying to put a lot of fish in the boat and it's definitely a feast or famine type deal. And, uh, I've had a few unbelievable days on it, but I've also, you know, you have them days where you see 20 giants follow it and never catch the first fish. Uh, so it's, it's something I'll keep in my arsenal now in like March. There, there's a time and place when the water's still down and you get them warm days in March and the fish are staged, ready to go shallow, but the water's just too low for them to do it. I've had some magical days on a glide bait, um, but they're very few and far between. Carl in that chick tournament this spring, I mean, he wrecked them, you know, wrecked them pretty good uh, on that pattern. And one, one of our buddies was the marshal in his boat. And he called like after he got out of the boat and he's like, you're not going to believe what <laughs> what he just did today and i was like what what happened he's like he was like just throwing this big giant glide bait like right up on the bank working it out you know next to these laydowns and stuff he's like they were monsters just coming up crushing it in a very familiar little slew it uh looked like there uh robert tinker asked about that that line is that yozuri main line is that what that's called no it's, it's yozuri t7 yozuri t7 there you go Robert. Yep. bobby He's Bobby on Facebook, Robert on YouTube. I can't keep him straight. Uh, Jim Jim asks on YouTube, once you make the elites, what do you got to do to stay each year? Are they on that two-year program now? Or what, what, what are they running now on the, on the elites? Yeah, it's uh, you're guaranteed two years. And then after two years, if you're in the bottom 10%, uh, you, you can get kicked out. There you go. You like that setup better? Did it used to be a year-to-year -year, or was it always two years? I don't even know. I think it used to be year to year. I, I like the two-year thing better because I think anybody can have a bad year. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think two years gives you a chance to kind of redeem yourself. And so I, I like it. All right. Well, I think especially just coming into it, you know, like you said, so, some people may have, have fished their way onto the elite program in a, in a different manner, but it may take that first year just to getting adjusted to fishing, 
maybe northern bodies of water, for instance, or or for the northern guys coming down south, fishing a lot of grass, shallow water stuff. So I think if you just did one year, it's kind of <laughs> kind of biased. Like, oh, well, sorry, man, you, you should have fished more out of the backyard on that one. Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, you know, you fished all nine by choice this last year and made it in, but forcing folks to have to fish all nine will prepare them better, wouldn't you say, to, to make that transition if they if and when they do make it? Yeah, I, I definitely think it will. And that's, uh, I think that's the big reason why they did it is because, you know, um, one of my weak points is definitely going to be the northern swing next year, but you never know where you're going to do good at, it seems like. So, uh, but yeah, I think that that nine open format where everybody's got to fish them, I think that'll really equip the anglers who, who qualify from here on out. And a lot of pros made that switch over from MLF to, to the opens for next year to, you know, hopefully fish their way back in to, to the elites, I assume is, is their goal. I think you're, you're seeing kind of a demographic shift go on on the pro side overall. Yeah, you're, you're definitely seeing that. I think, uh, and, and the big reason I went with Bassmaster instead of MLF, I just think it's kind of the most prestigious league. It's been around the longest and, um, I feel like there's a, a, definitely a future on that side, which, you know, no offense to the MLF side. I fish a lot of MLF tournaments throughout college and, you know, I fish some BFLs and stuff and I've, I've really enjoyed that. But, um, I just, I just think, you know, Bassmasters is going to be here to stay for a long time. Well, when you say I want a classic that carries a lot of weight, when you say I want a red crest, it sounds like you have a small bird in your pocket. <laughs> 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 I think that probably <laughs> that probably matters. I, I don't think I don't and and granted MLF is very young compared to Bassmasters. I think MLF's accessibility as far as coverage and the app and that kind of stuff, I definitely think they got that part right. I think there's a lot of changes going on in the format and how they want to do it and you know who's sponsoring what and that kind of stuff. I, I think that may be a lot for people to to take in because you you know people are conditioned to bass fishing you come in you got a bag full of five big fish you hold them up wave them around and and that's that's what the tournament is so to speak that brings me to another point i've talked to dennis tumlin about this which is also one of your sponsors what do you think about the the summertime tournaments the number of tournaments that are held on chickamauga during the heat of the summer and you have all these giant dead fish floating after tournaments i kind of think maybe do a catch way release or catch photo release or something during the the heat of the summer just to get those fish back in the water and hopefully increase the survival rate because i think we're killing a lot of big spawning fish on chick and the number of tournaments that we have definitely <laughs> is not helping anything yeah no it's, it's definitely uh hurt it some that, that's one of the biggest things that i've seen is uh, we still have a lot of big ones out there, a lot of a lot of good fish, but there's been a decline in the number of four and five pounders that there used to be. And I would be uh, completely for going to like uh, what Bassmaster does at Texas Fest or, um, you know, where they just weigh them, um, ride it down, and, you know, they, they tally their best five at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, I, mean, you know, I think that, that could definitely be good for the longevity of the sport, and I'd, I'd support that 100%. And I don't think it matters all year round, but definitely in those critical, you know, low oxygen months, like I think that that's definitely in the best interest of a fishery. I think while the Asian carp definitely knocked Kentucky Lake way back, I think the number of tournaments that they had on Kentucky Lake and the number of big fish 
being brought to the scales when people are catching, you know, 25, 30 pound bags during the summer on those ledges, I think that, you know, that killed off a lot of, a lot of those big spawning fish. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. Is that all right with you, Cole? Because they yeah. keep coming in and we don't want to keep you all night long, but we want to try to get to everybody's too. Um, Facebook skirt on a toad skirt or a toad on a buzzbait. Uh, I, I like a toad or um, a grub or something like that. I'm not, I'm not a big skirt guy. There we go. Favorite bait for Gunnersville in March. That's, uh, <laughs> that's either a Yozuri Ratlin vibe or a, a chatterbait. I, I like a, a chatterbait a lot on Gunner. We've got a we got a Gunnersville tournament in March, so don't tell them too much shit. Oh, right. Okay. I got it. <laughs> uh, from YouTube, what technique do you think you need to work on before your first tournament on the elites? Um. So the first time it's at Okeechobee, uh, which I feel pretty comfortable around grass, but um, definitely if I wanted to tune up my skills, just just get that big flipping stick in my hand and get back in the groove of it. Uh, from over on YouTube, Max Lee, when would you when do you like a blade blade bait over a rattle trap? It's more of a detail, uh, I guess. I almost always throw a rattle trap. Now I will have a blade bait tied on once the water gets below like forty eight. Um, it's just. My, my best days with a blade bait have been after I wrecked a school with a rattle trap and then picked up a blade bait and caught a few more big ones um, just because they get smart to it. That, that's that's my success with a blade bait. But besides that, I'm picking up a rattle trap most of the time. Um, this is this isn't really a rapid fire question. It may take it's a short question, but it'll take a little longer to answer. Maybe Steve Fields asks, "How much do you need to bankroll the elites?" And that kind of leads into a question of just because you made the elites. Did the, did the streets flow with milk and honey from a sponsor perspective, or did you have to go hustle, go out and start hustling once you made it to, to, to make, find the support to, to fish the elites? Yeah, no. So it's definitely been, um, well, the thing with the opens, the season doesn't end till end of October. And I mean, money's due pretty soon and I've already had to pay some, but, uh, no, it definitely doesn't just flow in, uh, like milk and honey by any means. Um, I, thankfully some of the sponsors that I've had this past year have really stepped up and helped me. Um, you know, as, as I have made it and I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that, but, uh, it costs about just the entry fees alone is 45 grand. And then you got to account about another 20 grand for travel expense. So you're looking at about 65 grand. Um, and it's my rookie year, you know, so, uh, a lot of people don't have as much support as I have. So I'm thankful for that, but I, I've got enough right now to just about cover my entry fees. Now that looks like I'm going to have to come out of pocket, um, for, uh, the travel expenses and stuff at the moment. Um, but definitely been, um, looking for, for new opportunities and, and thankfully got a few new sponsors. I'll be happy to, to, um, announce in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, but you know, if there's anybody out there wanting to get their name on the side of a boat, it's going to get a lot of media coverage, you know, be sure to, to message me. All right, Jeff, come on. Kayak Bass Nation. We're about to, yeah. Okay. We're about we to, to get us an elite angler. Send us the information. <laughs> Will you fish in a sleeveless Jersey and smash waters over your head or something at, at weigh-ins we're, we're trying to get that shock and awe factor going i i, I don't know i think i'd have to do something unique i feel like that was our unique, so I'd, I'd have to come up with something different all right we'll mail you a funnel okay <laughs> you have to drink you have to drink western sun out of your weigh-in bag <laughs> <on stage. laughs> no we won't do that to him no. i'd like to see him be semi-successful yeah, yeah. uh here's a serious question from youtube i don't know the answer to this are there a Bass Elite Series groupies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all right here in this chat, blowing them up with questions and all that. That's right. We got them all cornered right here. Oh, uh, 
Uh, I mean, I've, I've heard rumors of rumors. Oh. Know, um, but um, not. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think there's a, a big group. If there is a group, it's a pretty small one. Like I've, I've heard some crew. tales. Uh, what was the guy that was on The Bachelor that was uh, a pro? They had him on. Uh, Ike had him on and interviewed him one night. And there were some very, uh, very interesting stories that, that came out of that one. So I'm sure at some point they did exist. Probably, I would say, in like South Alabama, maybe, or North Florida is where you'd find most of them. A lot of, a lot of big star jeans and streak blonde hair showing up around there. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. You know how that goes. I don't know. Andy... Just said Byron Velvick. I don't know. That's him, is, Byron. Is he yeah, the, that's he the groupie. Oh, okay. No, he's no, no. He's the pro. He's the pro. Yeah. All right. That's right. I thought it was Byron, but I, I didn't want to to offend my Missile Bates buddy Byron and <laughs> accuse him of ever having a groupie. So Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Brian Byron Velvick. There. Yep. There you go. Um, let's see. Let's while we still have Cole here, we'll try to get to a few more questions, but we want to start trying to do this giveaway for the A rigs. So, in honor of Cole, our guest, the Magic word is just going to be hashtag Cole Sands in the comments. Oh, so put that in the comments, and we will start collecting those comments over here and see how many people we can get in the in the deal for the triple A rig stack tonight. So just put Cole Sands hashtag Cole Sands in the comments, and we'll see if we can draw hey, that. Cole, here while we're doing this, if you share your uh, social media tag so people can follow along your journey here as a pro. Yeah. Um... Instagram is at Cole Sands, uh, Facebook at Cole Sands Fishing, and then YouTube is uh, at Cole Sands Fishing. So pretty, pretty sure enough. There we go. Pretty easy. I threw the YouTube channel on the screen a little bit ago. Like I said, I did some did some watching because right off the bat next year, uh, like we said earlier, it's like Gunnersville, Chickamauga, Kentucky Lake, all you know, just like every year, all those Tennessee River System lakes are on there, and, and Cole's got some unbelievable videos on Chickamauga. So get over and subscribe and check those out. There's some good days out there, I hear. Yeah, we're up to 25 entries. There's a lot more people watching than there are entered, so you need to throw that Cole Sands in the comments now. Get you, get you, get you a chance. There's always a chance. James Darkey from New Zealand is trying to get in on the. Hey, do they? Do y'all have a rigs in New Zealand, Darkey? Tell us the truth. They call them uh, New Zealand rigs over there. Dude, I bet he Australia would. Rigs. I bet he would wreck them with an A rig in New Zealand. <laughs> fish wouldn't know what was happening. Yeah. Let's see here, we get the giveaway tool pulled up. All right, we got nearly seventy people watching, twenty-seven entries. So the odds are in your favor so far. Those twenty-seven that'll put Cole's name in the comments. So hashtag Cole Sands. Give you a few more minutes. Um, yeah, so what, which tournament this year as we wait to do this drawing are you looking forward to the most, Cole? Just the first one? You think you're going to have a weird feeling going to your first Elite Series event? Yeah. Um, it's going to feel like another day fishing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I've fished enough tournaments now at this point. I, I feel like I won't be too rattled. And in, in those opens, half the Elite Series guys fish them already, it seems like. So um, I, I feel like, I, you know, I, I think I can control my nerves pretty good. But um, I definitely look forward to the Lex Seminole one. Uh, that I fished there a little bit in February before, and that place has got them. And it's it's a grass lake, and it sets up like I like it too. So that might be the one I bomb. I don't know, but that's that's the one I'm definitely looking forward to most. For the first couple of years, it it was Seminole that held the big bag record, right, Jeff? Yeah. Our the last Hobie BOS on Seminole, we had two guys that were basically just swinging five pounders back and forth at each other all day long for two days. It was it was insane. Oh. 
definitely showed out. It was a it was a February tournament as well. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. All right, we got some. We got enough entries. I think. Let's throw this on the screen. Dun, Drum dun, roll. Dun. Here we go. What if KBN wins it? That'd be cool. That'd be wild. <laughs> That'd be wild. Can we split them? 55 dag on YouTube. I don't know who that is. 55. I like it. That's a that's an aggressive name strategy yeah, there. 55 dag. You had some good questions tonight <laughs> as well, sir or ma'am, whatever. Yeah. So you ha- now you have to let us know who you are, 55 dag, to claim yeah. your prize. So find us over on Facebook or email kayakvaccination at gmail.com. We'll, we'll get back to you. The jig the is other. up, so to speak. The jig is up. <laughs> Billy's pissed in the comments. Billy's been pissed. Yeah. There we go. What a great show, man. We got some some knowledge tonight. You know, we just kind of used and abused all your knowledge tonight, Cole. We appreciate you sharing it with us. Hopefully nobody yep. remembers any of this next spring. No. I, I, what I think <laughs> is you get, you know, you're an official member of Kayak Bass Nation, even if you're not a kayak tournament guy now. So you just gained a bunch of new fans tonight by being on here. Awesome. So. I, I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah. Anytime, man. Congratulations again. I mean, it's been awesome. Obviously, you know, knowing about you and and watching your college career and then you know seeing you cap it off by qualifying for the elites it's awesome i can't wait to you know see where you go next see you win a classic i, I appreciate it thank you all right man have a good night take it easy man there we go cole sands clap to cole sands great. i'm, I'm, a, I'm already a, great, a huge fan great dude he is he really is a great dude yeah I'm, I'm already a huge fan like i said i watched some of his youtube videos and you can just hear the the excitement in his voice, man. He enjoys what he's doing, and he's passionate about it, and he's obviously very, very, very intelligent uh, angler. So, pre-fishing for chick, I was on like one of the same schools where he <laughs> he was running, pulls up, and he's like Lambert. And I was like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> and he like hands this twelve-year-old kid a spinny pole, and, <laughs> and he jacks like four and a half pounder. I was like, all right, well, here we go. I'll just I'm gonna head on back to the ramp now. Yeah, glad yeah. y'all came by. Yeah, he's he's got that it factor. I can tell. It's gonna be fun oh, to does. watch him on the elites. So there we go, man. He knows what a good show. Doing. Appreciate everybody what in the comments. Doing? We had a, we had a good size audience tonight. Uh, what was his name? Fifty five Dag Dag fifty five. Fifty five Dag on the triple stack A rig. So it's a good night. It's a good night for all. I will tell you. Next week, Billy Bowden was very concerned on where BDH was. Next week, spoiler alert: BDH and Special guest, goofy cousin of undefeated boat ramp beatdown champion Jeremy Hughes, TOC Queen City champion Joey Randall will be wow. joining us live on the nation next week. So all you Carolina boys, put on your tights, spike up your hair, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to have a good one. A little double dip next week. There we go. All right, already here first. Everybody get out there, lock your kayaks up, keep an eye on it, all right? <laughs> All right, see you, everybody.